0: Hello friends and welcome. You are coming on a decompression walk or a sniffari with me and my dogs today. So if you hear me huff a little bit, it's freezing cold and I'm slightly unfit. (laughs) You'll have to bear with me a little bit. But I thought this was a perfect opportunity to maybe answer some questions about decompression walks and just to give an overall feel for what you're aiming for. So a lot of times for dogs, things can be constricting. They have to be on lead. They have to be in houses. They might be confined to small yards. And the aim of the decompression walk for me is for my dogs to just be dogs. I don't put a lot of rules on them when they're out. To be honest, I only have one rule. And that's if I call you, you come back to me, please. And if my dogs don't come back, then I generally put them on lead. And I think, oh, maybe I need to revisit my recall training. But to be honest, my boys are pretty good. And we do reinforce recall, you know, off when we don't need to have the recall. So generally, they're happy to oblige with me. Now, we're quite lucky because where we are and where we live, we have probably a rotation of about six to seven, maybe eight places that we can go with the dogs that I feel confident and is a secure environment. Now, obviously, if my dogs are off lead, which I'm in the UK, so my dogs are fully off lead. They don't need to have any leashes or leads attached to them. Um, Security is one of those things that, you know, is subjective. I feel like my dogs generally have a really good check-in and they don't tend to go too far. They will go out of sight occasionally, um, but a really quick recall cue and they come running back within seconds. So the places that I choose to go are going to be places that I feel like are quite open. They don't have a lot of wildlife People tend not to walk their dogs on leads in those places. That's really important because I'm trying to make it so my dogs don't have a lot of constraints. And if I'm constantly calling them back or I need to put them on lead because there's another dog on lead, it's not exactly the aim of of that walk. I also want to pick places which have really sniff-heavy environments. So that's different for every environment. It doesn't mean that you absolutely have to go to the forest every time. It could just be the beach and, you know, lots of things wash up on the beach. And we kind of aim for those places in the environment. So if I'm walking and I see a fallen tree, for instance, I'm going to gravitate towards that. Now, I don't tell my dogs, tree, sniff, tree, sniff. I just naturally gravitate towards it and, you know, the noses let them, they do the work. A fallen tree, by the way, is an excellent source of sniffs. You think about that tree's been down on the ground, especially for a few days or for a few weeks. So many other dogs have passed through there, so many other different animals and people. So they've all accumulated a scent around this space. And the dogs will really, really enjoy sniffing every inch of that fallen tree. Now, like I said, I'm lucky and we have lots of places that we can go to and we rotate them all the time. But if you only have a few places or maybe even one place that you go, I would suggest breaking up that place into segments and maybe rotating the segments of that area instead of trying to find multiple spaces that may not be appropriate. So like today, normally the area that I go in, I kind of meander, we have lots of trails and things, and sometimes I get a little bit lost. (laughs) But today we've gone to a totally different section. So a section that I don't go to very often. And I can tell the difference in my dogs. Decompression walks for me are a one-two punch. They hit that physical side with all the running around, the movement of the body. You know, occasionally my dogs are jumping over things, they're crawling under things, they might grab things, but they also hit that mental side. So they tap in to the sniffing and that's why we often call them sniffaris, but also the visuals, the audio, all of that, depending on where you go, is going to be enriching for the dog. We hope, anyway. Now, people ask me, what do I do on a decompression walk? Well, for me, the human element is really just a surveyor. But I'm on a decompression walk, too. I mean, this is a time that I can just enjoy being with my dogs without the constraints of, you know, modern life. And often, not my phone, but, you know, this is a special case. I can just be in nature with them. I can enjoy spending time. I can enjoy all the things that they're enjoying, maybe to a lesser degree. For me, and for a lot of humans, it's the visual. So, right now in the forest, I am surrounded by very, very tall trees. There's not a lot of green because it's the middle of winter, but... There's just speckles of green from maybe some shrubs or ivy on the ground. And some of the trees have moss on them, which is a very rich green. So it's a muted color palette, but it's still very pleasing to me. Some of the leaves are still on the ground, and they're varying colors of oranges and browns. There's also the feeling of being out, so the crispness of the air. Thankfully, today isn't too cold, but you can feel it, and it it feels invigorating in a way. There's also the sounds. So thankfully, today we're out quite early. There's not a lot of people, or even other dogs, but I can certainly hear things rustling in the trees or in the brush on the ground. There's also the sound of my footsteps on the ground. Very methodical, very rhythmic. It lets me know that I'm here. I'm here in the moment. And then, of course, we have my dogs (laughs) running and panting all around me. And that's just a really nice sound. It makes me feel connected with them, like we're just in this bubble together. You can and you should bring food with you, even on a decompression walk. The reason being is If I'm gonna ask my dogs to do something, I want them to have that motivation still. And especially when we're in an environment which may potentially be even more engaging than normal environments, when they come back to me, I wanna say thank you. Thank you for paying attention. Thank you for responding to me. So bring food. Food's also great if your dog's never been on a decompression walk and maybe they're a little bit anxious or they're having trouble relaxing in the environment. You can scatter some of that food into long grass or shrubs or leaves and just encourage their nose down into that environment. Another thing I'd like to suggest is if you aren't sure where you are going or you've never been to that place before definitely use a long line. So safety first, whenever it comes to anything that we're doing with our dogs. I know this area really well. So my dogs are completely off lead. But if we were going someplace that I'd never been before, I would definitely have a long training line. And the woods can get a bit mucky. So for me, that's a biothane long training line. If you don't know about biothane training lines, or even what tools to have with your dog, see episode one, where I discuss the essential tools, well, my essential tools, for being a dog guardian. A tip I would give to dog guardians who are a little bit nervous about letting their dogs roam in the woods would be falconry bells. These are really lightweight, and they make a clear, distinct sound. So if you feel at all uncomfortable about letting your dog disappear, having some falconry bells on their harness, jingling along will give you an indication of where they are in the forest. It also lets other animals know that might be near to get away because they'll hear that sound too. The boys and I have come to the end of our decompression walk now. So thank you for joining us. I hope you've learned a little bit along the way. What I will say, as a footnote, is get out there with your dogs. Get out into nature. Switch off your phone. Social media will be there when you get back. Enjoy the time that you have with your dogs, because it goes so quickly. So, have a great day, and I'll see you again soon. Thanks, guys, for joining me for another episode of the Dog Logical Podcast. And if you'd like to find out more information about me or you want to work with me, you can find me at rplusdogs.com. And remember, if you'd like to ask a question, you can do so by using the link in the bio. This is a voicemail question, or if you're a little shy, you can email me at rplusdogstraining at gmail.com. Thanks again, guys, and I'll see you again soon.